0: gonna do is just continue to read Bruce Springsteen quotes to you throughout, so that you can uh, feel that that it's, boss motivation.
1: I, I mean, it's hard to it, it's hard to think of anything more motivating than the boss. So
0: to quote to quote the boss. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Hit me. The time comes, John when you need to stop waiting for the man you want to become and start being the man you want to be.
1: Oh my gosh. My body is ready. Hot fire. I am so motivated. To quote...
0: (laughs) (laughs) The boss. Hit me. Hit me. It's not the time in your life. It's the life in your time.
1: Oh my... My heart is, is just... You know, Grinch style, five times too big right now. I'm just <laughs> swelling with motivation.
2: Um, just see the outline of his chest, uh, giant organ. I'm ready. I could take on the world right now. We just got to get I'll, out there and and do this. That's yeah. what people say in coffee shops. I think one time fungus, you had said that, like you were you were oh, in a coffee God. shop somewhere and you overheard someone say, like, we just gotta get out there and do it or, or something. I remember you post that, and I, I died. I was like, that is so 100 percent cliche. It's so good.
0: That is gro- grotesquely when, cliche. When two <laughs> when two men, when two males, particularly young men, like early twenties. When they meet for coffee or beers, and it's just the two of them, Mm. at one point or another, one of them is going to tell the other to follow his dream in so many (laughs) (laughs) A
1: 100%.
2: 100%. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 55 of the Fair and Balanced Play Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Train, and we, as always, seek to build authentic relationships with the people holding the controller, and we do this because we believe vehicle is a pathway to joy in the lives of many. As always, I am joined by the fellas Lumix and Fungus guys. Welcome to the show tonight, Fungus. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, Cole. Um...
0: Yeah, been trying to uh, buff our dear dear Lumex here
2: to follow his dream. Um,
0: I've never felt more
2: motivated
1: in my entire life. Just
2: dripping with all kinds of just vigor and vim. I'm pumped.
0: (laughs) I'm ready to rock and roll. Vigor and vim are uh, the names of of my kids. Oh, (laughs) good. Yeah. I'm, I, they,
1: they must be which spry, one do young you lads. think all right hold up which one do you which think is bullied more vigor or vim i'm guessing vigor because vim just sounds like i don't know maybe it's like a, a a nickname for a french kid or something like that vigor i don't know how you get
2: away with <laughs> calling that a nickname right yeah because it sounds like the name igor you know from like all the old like frankenstein cartoons that always mm-hmm. be the hunchman they'd be like igor get me a morning whatever that and was solid vigor, that was solid cool thank you thank you I, i'll be here all night um and they just desperately need uh more of whatever but good uh good so, yeah so we're feeling we're feeling great tonight fungus what are you eating tonight um well
0: i nothing nothing crazy nothing crazy this is standard just some granola and almond milk
2: oh that sounds standard, good standard Yeah, sound,
1: sound
0: pretty good do you have oh, raisins in that granola or no it like just no oats? it's just yeah it's just the oats Word. just the oats yeah i'm not i'm not one of those weirdos well, now oats. wait a minute sir yeah, you're, you're inadvert- <laughs> yeah you're, you're inadvertently
2: uh, y- you you are offending and talking yes. snack about my mama let me tell you why about my mama so growing up we're about to learn about uh, you know, is your mama a raisin enthusiast listen she would make a homemade uh. granola okay and in this homemade granola you'd have of course your oats but you'd also have. You'd have some raisins and you'd have just a little pinch of some coconut in there. And Lord have mercy on my soul. Was it good? <laughs> so, listen, while you might not appreciate raisins and granola, I grew up on that. I'm a raisin fed granola boy. So you literally we'll just, got let, a little me,
1: bit more southern twang, like as you were yeah. talking about it. Like I well, could feel the I could feel the, the power of raisin coursing through you.
2: Well, that's what that's what growing up in Virginia will do. Do, 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 do. We start <laughs> talking about your mama's cooking? You just get a you know you, it touches your soul, when you you, you get back down in them and in them sticks. Um, Colt, listen up. Oh, here we go. Cole
0: <laughs> raisins. Yes, I'm, I'm listening. Raisins are why children cry at night.
1: I um, mean, I mean, let's be honest—they're
2: just shitty grapes. And oh my gosh, listen, my heart's shattering <laughs> right now. You know, one of my favorite pies is, is raisin pie. All it is is raisins and molasses. Raisins? That's not a pie, pie. Cole. Is that is not a pie. It's not but a listen, pie. It it, go, it goes into a crust. No. Tell me, <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong.
1: i pour, If You're I wrong. pour asphalt tar in a pie crust, that's not a pie. <laughs>
0: Well, it probably probably tastes better than a raisin (laughs) pie, honestly. And I'm sure of that. That is something I am sure of. And I just want to say, when you're sure about something, John, to quote Bruce Springsteen, God have have mercy, John, on the man who doubts what he's sure of.
1: Uh, There's that just a little bit more of that motivation. I'm listening. I'm
2: just taking it right to heart i've decided not to look upon this you guys are objectively wrong and while it might have risked me having the cole, diabetes, i love Cole. i'm in the middle here all right you can't incredible. say I'm
1: ob- you can't say i'm objectively wrong wrong i love raisins i think they're delicious no one
0: loves raisins well
1: all right all right uh grumpy gus over there i i do like me some raisins i i just don't think a tub of molasses and raisins in a pie tin that's not a pie cole
2: listen listen we're, we're gonna solve this later let's talk about video games <laughs> okay. what have you been playing this week oh man i've been playing so many things
1: um you know i fell off the fire emblem train a little bit but i did play one mission and i need to keep going with that game because um, it is very good but mostly what i've been playing is apex legends and team fight tactics uh, i've been getting really into the Teamfight tactics i've been starting to do the ranked playlist I, I just hit gold today um so having a lot of fun with that um Apex Legends has been really fun. Been playing that a lot with uh, Viper and Fungus. Who did Who did we play? We played with Red Hood and a couple. I've uh, played with a few other people. So that's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I don't know. I oh yeah. I, I've also played some actual League of Legends. So a little bit of actual League, but only a few games because uh, the literally the first game viper and i got into like going back to try to play it some guy in the lobby was like super drunk and banned the champion i said i had wanted to play and all that stuff and i was like nah this there's a reason i stopped playing this game um here's why yeah Yeah. and here's why but yeah uh pretty much that played a bit of runescape as well i kind of burned myself out a little bit on that game so i'm taking it slow but yeah that's been my week what about you cole
2: I, uh, I've i been playing a fair share of games, kind of too. Um, over the last week, I finished a Gears of War 4 playthrough, just getting myself excited for Gears of War 5 coming out here the uh, 5th of, uh, of September. I've been playing a decent amount of Halo five and then actually even played with you gentlemen. You guys were graceful enough to allow me to tag along on some Apex Legends as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, the uh, the Advil I purchased for both of your now very hurting backs because you had to carry me is is on the way to you, so be looking out for that. Um we even got a win actually on, on one of them, and I actually I think I damaged an enemy at some point during that game, so felt <laughs> felt pretty good about that. Uh, Solid. That's what I've been playing. Um uh how about you, Fungus? What have you been playing this week?
0: Uh, mostly Apex and, um, Fire Emblem.
1: Um, Do you start your, uh, you doing the new game plus on Fire Emblem
0: now? I am. Yeah, I'm doing, doing a new game plus. Um, and it's good. I mean, I'm not, I'm, we kind of talked about this in the, in the discord a little bit. I'm not one to delve into lore. I'm learning after hanging around you lore hounds, um, so I'm kind of just I'm not rushing through it but I'm basically just getting to all the strategic stuff so building my characters getting into the battles trying to make those harder and more more challenging and more intricate uh, so I'm not focusing on the re- character relationships and all that so much um, so that's kind of yeah I mean we talked about that that's kind of something mm-hmm. I've come to terms with as a, as a gamer but I'm also realizing that maybe that's how I've always been I thought of myself as more of a lore person before, but I don't really think I ever was. I think that was a lie. A lie I told myself.
2: Well, I'm it's glad you're, you're coming, to, you're coming to, to grips with the truth. I'm very, very glad for that. And to quote Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me.
0: We, we all have stories we're living and telling
2: ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Praise. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Well folks, you're listening to episode 55. Of the FPP podcast, you can find us on anywhere you can listen to podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, of course. Uh, we would love to hear from you and have you involved. You can shoot us an email at fairandbalancedplay at gmail.com. We'd love to know what you've been playing this week. Uh, we'd also love to know if you think raisin pie is in fact a pie. Moving on, that's fellas, gonna be- no. Hold on, okay. That's gonna be that's the new tagline for the show at the end.
1: Like when we're signing off, I'm not gonna say you know get out there play some good games. We'll talk to you next week. I'm just going to say raisins and molasses does not a pie make. That's the end of the show for (laughs) me.
2: Yes, just like this is not a fine make, yes <laughs> I'm sorry I um, cut you off <laughs> Go ahead. no 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 that, that, I was getting to the end of it what I wanted to do actually uh because we actually kind of talked about this back in February when apex legends first dropped we kind of we would talk about when we were considering this okay how big is this game gonna bit, get we would you know kind of say like oh it'd be interesting to talk about six months from now what's the state of the game and how is it going well let's just do a quick little mini like re-review we're six months in um what do you guys we've been playing some apex legends lately I know response had their whole kind of hiccup with the community over the last week and a half or so but but that aside what do you guys think of the game now in the state that it's in i'm um, just give me a couple you know quick knee-jerk reaction thoughts and then we'll get back into this note, news and notes but i just thought that was interesting since we talked about that then and here we are talking about it now so why not run down a trail for a minute
0: you're asking what uh is the state of apex now compared to when it came out
2: yeah, just in your own opinion, like what, what do you mm. think about it as a, as a battle royale? Obviously, it didn't like totally upend the gaming industry, you know, in any kind of huge mm-hmm. way in terms of like taking over BR or taking it to the next level. I'm just curious to know what you guys think now that we have, you know, a solid half a year into the game's life cycle. We still play it and enjoy it, but I'm just curious to know what you think.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I would say I think it's the best battle
1: royale on the market right now. Um, <clears throat> it's extremely smooth, it's very fun to play. I think it's cosmetics and microtransaction system are just buck wild, but they are mm-hmm. also buck wild for Fortnite and most of the other Battle Royales, so it's not really that surprising. Um, and I think the reason it didn't retain its huge, huge player base is because it's actually difficult, and I think it has a higher skill gap than most BRs, which is... But I don't know. That's just my opinion. Um,
0: I, sh- I share some of those opinions. Uh, I think... It's definitely my favorite, like John said. Um, and I think that's because like, I love, I actually really like Battle Royales. I think the concept is really cool. Um, but my problem with Fortnite was always that I really didn't care for the building.
2: Like, yeah. I think the building
0: mechanic is really cool. And it's like, it's pretty fun to like watch Ninja and those dudes build faster than I can think and you know jump like they go they they're basically flying in the sky right like building and shooting at each other it's like a crazy dance that they've become but i can't i don't i don't have time (laughs) i don't (laughs) i I play a lot of games but i i'm not going to dedicate my time to learning how to build like that um but i know how to play a shooter so apex lets me have that battle royale fun um and it's well done i mean it's just a, a really well done game um I'd love it if they changed up the map a little more, or added a new map. But even then, I mean, the map they have is really good. It's fun. Um, it's challenging, like John said. So I don't. But as far as how it's changed, I actually don't think it's changed all that much. Like it, like the new characters, of course, add some some feel to it. But um, like I think we've there's said, there's been it's...
1: some gun balancing that kind of affected it. Like I feel like when the game first came out, the only thing that was relevant was the peacekeeper. And now I feel like almost yeah. every weapon in the game is viable to some degree, minus you know one or two.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. the The, the balance feels pretty good. It's funny that they haven't like balanced everything. Like the Mozambique is still pretty hot garbage, right? Even with that's, that's the okay. hop, it's still bad.
1: Yeah, and I mean the Wingman is still easily the best gun in the game if you're playing on PC. So there's things like that. Like yeah. if you have if you have headshot precision, that game is unrivaled, or that uh, weapon is unrivaled but
0: I don't really yeah. know how you fix that without just gutting it. Right. Not- and, they, yeah, they've done a good job of, of keeping it together, especially for adding, like, heroes. I mean, I guess Overwatch does it well and Paladins and all those, but um, they haven't introduced a hero yet that has been called Broken or mm-hmm. Pay to Win or any of that. Like, it's all been pretty, pretty chill, which I have to give them props
2: for. Mm-hmm. I definitely concur about the the difficulty piece of it because it's not something that's just easy to pick up and intuitively feel like you can grasp all of the different it, just mechanics the game has from one legend to the next or even just the, the way to play each portion of that that you go to depending on what legend you're playing as because I... It definitely felt like, at least for me, that it took, there was a bit of a learning curve, certainly. And I think something I kind of like about it, I didn't know quite how to feel about it at first, but I kind of like that there's kind of a long time to kill, in a sense. uh, That it's not just a couple, you know, shots on an enemy and they're dead. I mean, of course, it depends Mm -hmm. on, you know, what kind of weapon you have and what are the attachments. and, And those kind of things happen, but... I like that when you get into an engagement, it's not over right away. You know, obviously, the distance of where yeah. the different teams are matters, mm-hmm. but even if you're kind of up close, it's not just over in like three seconds. There might be a solid thirty seconds mm-hmm. to a minute of engagement time, and that's that's an eternity in a quick, you know, twitch first-person shooter kind of game. Especially because I feel like yeah. with
1: the map not being super duper gigantic, um, we had I I was playing with Viper. I can't remember. Who, who I think we were just playing with a random maybe, but like over by the research lab, right? There's kind of some destroyed stuff from when they changed the map. And we ran into four teams in a row. And so we had like, we want to fight immediately had to like heal up and loot, want to fight, heal up and loot. Like it all happened in Like it was a good straight, f- like four or five minutes of the game was just like fighting, repositioning, fighting, repositioning. Like that doesn't really happen in any other battle Royale that I've ever played. Uh, mostly because I think Apex did a really good job with the, like, downing and revive mechanics. Um, But I've, I mean, you know, I played, like, PUBG and stuff like that. PUBG is, you can get shot with one bullet, and unless you have max tier armor, you go down. And so Mm it's, like, it's extremely fast time to kill. Um, And I, I really do appreciate how, I guess, I don't know. It's not that it's too long, but it is definitely a much longer time to kill, which is, I think... Makes it unique of Battle Royales. Except for Fortnite, because Fortnite, you just build an infinite tower. There's no way to punish somebody positioning poorly. But... Right.
2: Well, I think the fact that the map isn't ginormous kind of also helps the fact that the time to kill is a little bit longer because mm-hmm. engagements are going to happen a little more frequently. So people are going to, you know, teams are going to lose out faster than maybe, a, you know, a VR a, a that has a giant <laughs> map like a, like a PUBG or something. But well, mm-hmm. cool. I just thought it'd be f- interesting just to talk about since, you know, here we are six months after the facts, so just kind of what we felt like the state of the game was and we're still having a good time so that's great uh, let's jump into some news notes here just quickly so we had two pieces of news that we wanted to talk about the first was i'm not going to say it's in passing but um it kind of speaks a little bit to about how maybe sony's feeling about the current state of its competitors i.e microsoft but sony boss and ceo wants to see their first party titles brought to the pc um I guess after I read this, I kind of thought to myself, you know what, this is, like, why would have they not chosen to do this ages ago? And I, I understand why they want to sell their consoles are like, great, great, I get that. Sony doesn't have any kind of um, leverage in the PC market, right? Uh-huh. They don't make any... Right, so, what do you guys think about this? Do you think this is just a knee-jerk reaction to seeing Microsoft really start to double down on PC gaming as a part of their ecosystem? Or what, did this reveal anything to you, or am I maybe trying to pull something out of nothing?
0: Hmm...
1: I wouldn't say knee-jerk, but I do think it's it's. It wouldn't surprise me if they were realizing that they're putting themselves in a bad spot by trying to just be the PlayStation exclusive club. If that makes sense, like I feel like they they need more because I, I we and we've talked about this a lot. Obviously, they're not going to be in a great spot in the next generation, if <clears throat> like if everyone else is cross-platform or their games are on multiple platforms and things like that and then you just have the, you know, solo Sony over there. I don't think that's good. That's not good long-term and I think they they know that and I th- I would say this is a response to that.
2: Any thoughts, Fungus?
0: Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is just them trying to keep up with the times, right? I mean, it... I guess it's too early to say but the pendulum normally does swing... One way and then another, and I mean it kind of feels like PlayStation and has been on the up for a while because of all of its exclusives. Um, I don't, I don't know if they're just worried about losing that that up by you know making their exclusives more available elsewhere. But I mean it's a good it's a good call overall. Um, I will not, I don't have a, a gaming PC. Uh, I'd love to have one, but I just don't, um, and I'm not in position to, you know, go out and buy one. Um, but if I was, if I did have a gaming PC, I'd be excited about this. Like I know some people probably are like, Oh, I get to play these games that have been hidden behind the the PlayStation for however long, um, or if there are upcoming games you want to get into. So, I mean, it's, you know, more access is always, always a good thing for everybody, I think.
1: Um, I think it'll be especially good for the devs who have agreements with Sony, even groups like mm-hmm. Sony Santa Monica. I mean, like, think about God of War. Like, God of War was, I mean, it won Game of the Year, and it's, like, super highly praised, but you could only play it if you had a PlayStation 4. Well, the PC gaming market yeah. is over 10 times larger than either PlayStation or Xbox, so that's a that's pretty solid like numbers in terms of widening your audience and sales and stuff like that for the next God of War title. Mm-hmm.
2: Definitely. Yeah. I, 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 I'd like you, Lumix, I don't think it's necessarily neat, jerk either, but I mean, Sony's done nothing to really set themselves up for the next generation. As far as we can tell. I mean, I was actually thinking about this on the way home from work today that like here we are, it's almost September and we have not heard an official peep about the next console coming from Sony. And I, I would be really surprised if it didn't come in 2020, only because you would think they would want to keep pace with Microsoft. Um, maybe not, though. I, 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 I'm not a marketer to that degree, so I can't really say confidently. But unless their unless play is to have some kind of you know, press release about it in the you know, first or second quarter of 2020 and then still have a you know, fall 2020 release, I, I just think it's interesting. Um, and so my, I guess I was... Tempted to think that oh yeah now they're finally realizing like oh crap we're we're in trouble but even still I mean I think they're so fine so far behind the ball when it comes to just setting up foundations like all the services Microsoft is offering like that that's huge and the repeat talking about it for as long as they've been doing it really since E three of twenty eighteen I mean they're just laying themselves as top of mind trying to establish themselves as that household name I mean not that they aren't already but I don't know I just. Like you guys said, I think Sony's in trouble. I don't know if see, I'm hard pressed to say they're in trouble.
1: One because their games industry is such a small part of what keeps Sony afloat. Um, Sure, I'm sorry.
2: I I should refrain. I I should mean their PlayStation component. Yeah,
1: I think I think PlayStation will. It may have a slower start than Scarlet, only because, like, I mean, Xbox Scarlet hype is in full swing already, and it's going to continue until late next year when it comes out. But I do I do wonder whether the PlayStation 5 is actually going to be able to deliver what they're saying it can. Because, I mean, when they first rele- started releasing details on it in the last month or so, like, the whole thing was, oh, my gosh, the PlayStation 5, it's going to be stronger than modern-day, you know, PC, like gaming PCs. And everyone kind of looked at each other like, no, no, it's not. Sorry, <laughs> it's not. And if it right. is, it will yeah. be for a day, maybe. Right, right. Like, <laughs> and so... I do wonder, you know, how long like how much what what can they do before next summer, say, when everyone starts pre-ordering all of their Xbox Scarlets and Halo Infinite's and all that? Like what what can PlayStation do besides just saying, Hey, we have the PlayStation 5 and this next Spider-Man title, this next God of War title, this next blah 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 exclusive? Like other than that same play they've been doing, what what else could they do besides expand to PC? And even when they do expand to PC, what will that really change? If you're a PC gamer, uh-huh. you're buying your games through Xbox. All it's going to do is maybe sell them a few more exclusives. It's not going to bring them the big ticket games like your Fortnites, like your Apex Legends and stuff, because those are all going to be through you know either the Epic Store or the uh, EA Play Origin. Whatever EA's what is uh, oh, EA's PC store called? Anybody? Remember? Yeah, Origin. Origin, uh, yeah. I think it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah EA so access. Like EA access Origin, right. Yeah, Access. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So like mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's going to be through there. So it's it's not like mm-hmm. it's not like they're going to get the big ticket money games anyways because those are all through their proprietary stores on PC. So I think it'll be good for the individual developers because they may move more copies, but mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think it's going to be life changing for the PlayStation brand. Yeah. But
2: unless yeah. they have, Oh, go ahead, fungus. I'm sorry.
0: No, I was just going to say, I agree. I don't, <clears throat> I don't think it'll be that big a deal. And I mean, the more, like the longer Sony holds out from this kind of stuff, like the more they start to affiliate that with Sony. Right. And as we become like when X- Xbox is just providing more and more access and Sony's saying, no, 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 I mean, you, you just build a divide that way, and even if it's good for you, you don't want to be known as the the no access gatekeeping
2: one, you know? Right. Well, I thought I feel like that's exactly what they are. I mean, my, my viewpoint is, Lumix. You you postulate the question like, what can they do right now between now and when? <clears throat> excuse me, when um, Scarlet comes out and everybody's ordering Halo Infinite in my mind unless they have like just kept the tightest wraps around their own version of xbox game pass their own you know multi uh console ecosystem their own um pc integration of first party titles in a really sleek way that can somehow you know kind of you know play anywhere between your console or pc deal i I just think they're going to be playing from behind i i guess i'm a big service offered guy and so when I look at Microsoft doing all of these things with Xbox, uh, and I see Sony literally have nothing at this point, I, I, I guess I just maybe I'm you know putting them in the grave too early. I'm not. I'm not, and that's hyperbole. I, they're obviously not going to go anywhere. They're they're going to sell mm-hmm. PlayStation Fives and what have you. But I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, fungus. To your point though, think about like the, the access point. Like so, let's say Halo Infinite for example that game's going to be playable on any xbox one console that means somebody theoretically who doesn't have an xbox one right now you can go to your local GameStop and for 120 bucks you can buy a launch xbox one which is the lowest tier it's going to run halo infinite but your loading times are probably going to be longer and and whatever else but you can spend like 200 bucks between that and the game and play it versus Sony's over here, or if you're an Xbox person, you could go buy an Xbox One S, you could go buy an Xbox One X or a Scarlet. Sony over here, they're not going to have any Halo Infinite-sized launch titles, and it's going to be like, well, you got to buy the PS5. I will say, that is
1: kind of a that-we-know-of statement. It is. Because they could could just, I mean, there's like what, Ghosts of Tsushima is coming out at some point that's going to be PlayStation exclusive, although that's PS4 Gen, isn't it? Well, we think I Um, don't remember. I don't think
0: they've announced. Maybe they haven't have a release date.
1: But they they don't have like long standing franchise loyalty. Maybe I mean, who knows? They could put out Uncharted five, and then you know, Fungus, you're not going to get your Xbox Scarlet. You're (laughs) going to go straight for that. Um, But they have a few series that they you know, Last of Us two. They could is that coming out again? Death Stranding. Death Oh my gosh! Yes, the epic. Mm-hmm. delivery man simulator death stranding by um,
0: i mean gaming are, genius
1: hideo kojima
0: i'm in other discords as y'all know and people are what? like saving up <laughs> Cole, it's not all about you <laughs> it's yeah, not all about
1: you and Cole your raisin, raisin pie. molasses pies uh,
0: yeah i mean, would drop myself lost, in brains. we lost all 500 viewers with with that raisin pie <laughs>
1: 500 viewers. This this audio visual experience. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I think uh, I think PlayStation will be fine. I just think they're going to have a slow start. I think I think in terms of um, hype and everything, people are much more excited about Xbox. But you will have. I mean, think about it. Games like FIFA and Madden are the types of games that keep um, you know most most of these major developers like EA or these produ- producers and stuff like that's the games that keep them afloat and the microtransactions sure. in those games keep you know Sony and mm-hmm. Microsoft give them plenty of cash and those games are always going to come out for all consoles and I would wager a guess that you know most of the people who are you know if, if you're just a casual PlayStation owner you're not probably a casual PlayStation owner because of You know X, Y, and Z exclusive title. It's probably because oh, my buddies have FIFA on PlayStation, and I wanted a PlayStation so I could play FIFA. Like that's that is the bulk of the gaming market. So no, yeah. I, I mean, in the in the long run, it probably doesn't matter. Like the the like where they're at right now, because they're gonna have they have so much time still. They still have what a year and a few months before there's even the Scarlet for competition. So. I don't I don't think they're really worried. But I, I do think they need to start building some hype other than Death Stranding because I think I know that some people are, you know, gonna mortgage their house to buy a thousand copies, but
2: Yeah. It looks pretty freaking boring <laughs> to me. Not necessarily my cup of tea either. Let's move to the second piece of news we had this week. So Riot Games, you might remember there, um, ha- had, a, had a class action lawsuit brought against them. And I kind of just say that phrase like kills me, class action. Sounds so like regal and important, and it is <laughs> um, in, in general. But this, this instance was due to um, some female employees had brought cases against Riot due to um, – Uh, harassment and sexual harassment and gender discrimination. Yeah. 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 So, so share with us a little bit, Lumix, kind of what the news was and, and kind of, I don't know. What does this mean is I think it's a good, I guess it's a good thing, but I'd speak to just speak to what it means and maybe what it means for the future of this issue that plagues gaming, gaming industry.
1: It's difficult because it, I mean, it is a good thing if, and there's a big, if there, like, you know, quote-unquote justice was actually served. Because theoretically, Mm -hmm. like, all we know is this lawsuit went in place because there was extremely inappropriate behavior being done by some executives at Riot Games, um, which, you know, nothing was done about in terms of, like, the other leadership trying to stop these things taking place. Like, nothing was done about it. And so, there, you know, this lawsuit came up and... All we know is that they came to a resolution. They settled. Mm-hmm. Um, that could mean that these women were basically told, you know, knock it off. Like, we're not going to do anything about this. And they they just sort of said, all right, I guess we can't do anything about this. Or it could mean they were each given $500,000 in cash. Like, who knows? The The details mm-hmm. haven't come out. And it's the details haven't come out because neither party has chosen to like come forward. I'm guessing there was there was an NDA signed around the settlement that said, you know, if you talk about this, your whatever your benefit is is forfeit, blah, blah, blah. But Yeah. yeah. It it's interesting because people close to the women who were, you know, who brought up the the class action lawsuit said like you know, this is a great resolution and a victory for women in gaming was a phrase that was used, or a women in game development or something. Now, what that means, who knows? That's pretty vague. But it seems like it was a positive resolution on their side for, you know, what's, whatever that's worth. But I don't know. I, I am really curious. I wish, I mean, I wish the details were more public, one, because, you know, this, the newsmonger side of me would like to know. But also because I hope it does actually affect some kind of change for women in game development because God knows that's probably not easy to be a woman in game development (laughs) considering Mm -hmm. it's largely a like toxic teenager attitude, bro culture. Um, but I don't know, I guess we may find out more in the future, but I'm not really expecting to. It, it seemed like the news media stopped covering it because it wasn't sensational anymore. And it was just an ongoing, you know, legal case. But I would I'm, be surprised if we ever actually heard news about what happened.
0: Do you know if the uh, accusers, the women, um, are they still employed by riot or did they leave?
1: Uh, that I don't know. I would guess they're probably not, but that could just be yeah. reaching. Um, I don't know.
0: I because be no ser- one was like, like re- refresh my memory a little bit. Like the main issue was like the the culture, right? Like no one. Well, there was, was the whole actually like, like no. There I, was a, a word, word there
1: was somebody correctly. at an, exec, an executive level who would basically like promote women to being his assistant uh, and then sleep with them in his office and shit like that. Um, I don't uh, even know okay. if that was yeah, a part. I don't even know if that was a part of the, the case, but I know I know there was the other stuff about you know, these lead people in leadership walking around, like just sack tapping guys and farting on other employees and yeah. things like, like just abysmal behavior. So outside of, uh, I don't know, outside of the, what was in the Kotaku article, it's hard to say the specific charges that were brought up. Cause I, I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, someone might have a good write up of it out there and I could, I might try to look into that after this.
2: I like that you brought up at the the top of the conversation about, you know, if justice was served. And and that's where I I, at the beginning of the conversation, I said that, you know, if if this was a good thing, it's very good that these women decided to take action. I am so for that. I just also like you that wonder, like, okay was justice serving and will this like motivate Riot and other game dev companies to to really take notice and be sure that hey we got to make sure that we are absolutely being equal and fair and treating women right in in game development and in gaming in general and the fact that we didn't you know hear about what repercussions were that that leads me to believe that probably there was some very generous payouts that couldn't be talked about and that i mean in a way it's justice because you know it's 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 um repaying back in in some ways I'm not saying it totally makes what happened okay not not at all but it just I don't know I I hope that we that we're wrong and we just really positive things and justice is served but maybe we'll find out like you said at one point um but it was just kind of it was interesting to read that article and I guess we'll wait to see if places like Kotako or or elsewhere you know glean more information and share more as as time goes on but uh, I, I guess we'll see now, oh, I, I know you that?
1: said Kotaku and not Kotako, but I heard Kotako, and I think that would be a dope name for, like, a Onion-style Ta- gaming news site. <laughs> <Really>? Yeah. <laughs> they, they would have to have Kotako Co-taco. Tuesdays. <laughs> Kotako Tuesdays. Oh, my oh, gosh. God, that's man. so good.
2: I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't yeah, mean to take away from dryer, the validity you of your a, point. You, no, you can send a check to uh, – we'll uh, – you can, you can definitely incorporate that. Yeah. Um, well, let's move to our, our main topic tonight. This was like, I think this was, I think this was, this was an idea that you had had postulated a long time ago, Lumix. Um, I just thought it would be interesting to talk about. But it, it is simply, how do you personally critique a game? And the way we'll frame it is this: is you know, it, we're every gamer is so quick to say something like, "Oh, that game is really good," or "Oh, that game's not really good; it, it sucks and it's bad." Well, well, okay, that's subjective, clearly. But what about whatever game for you makes? makes it personally a good game or a bad game and what i'll um i'll, I'll share with you my line of thoughts so that way if you i don't know if you guys had 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 things already kind of well thought out or if you need to sit and think about it for a minute but for me when i go to say oh that game is good or that game is bad i really have three categories i kind of pace myself through okay and this will make some sense you know for for listeners who have listened for a while knowing what kind of gamer and what kind of interests i have Uh, but the first is 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 the narrative or lore at least somewhat interesting in the game now i'm going to expound on on that in a little bit but that's category number one category number two is the moment to moment or sequence to sequence gameplay interesting to some degree again subjective and i'll expound upon that And then number three, is there a compelling sort of progression system that I could get into within the game, whether that's multiplayer specific or say it's like character driven. You're trying to level up a character so you can get new abilities or or what have you. Um, Jumping back to the first point about its narrative or lore being somewhat interesting. Well, that obviously is going to change from game to game. You know, if you take something like a Mass Effect or a Witcher 3, obviously for me, those games are very narratively rich. They have very well fleshed out universes and they tell a pretty good story within that narrative. So that's that's good. But if you compare it to a game like, say, Apex Legends, which I also think is a good game, how how that category kind of gets satisfied for me is does. just is there good narrative or lore components for apex legends it's a br but it does have good components to this i mean each each legend has a bit of a background sure it's kind of shallow it's not very deep but it gives some personality to them they each have their own quirkiness in gameplay in terms of like lines that their character says as certain things happen or what have you and then lastly the whole game itself is set in the titanfall universe which has a pretty well-established lore and universe. And so I I give those examples because that's, you know, again, very subjective from game to game, but you can see how both of those things kind of satisfy that category. And then, of course, my other two is, you know, is the moment-to-moment or sequence-to-sequence gameplay interesting. That's pretty self-explanatory. You know, we were talking about Apex earlier and how it has a slower time to kill, but the action's pretty frequent because the maps are are, uh, smaller. There's a really clear um you know you're not walking around doing nothing for long periods of time and the gunfights are interesting because of character abilities and what have you um so those are kind of the things I, I i kind of work through when i think about to myself you know when somebody says hey have you played game x you know my knee-jerk reactions is either oh that game's good or it's bad that's kind of what i find myself filtering through even if i don't even realize it in the moment of playing the game or talking about it so I'm curious to know what you guys think. That's kind of just my knee jerk to, to start conversation.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a difficult question because it, there are so many parameters and so many different kinds of games, like you mentioned. But I think, I think one of the largest parts for me is um, like, does the game feel good to play? And that's why, I guess that's that's my big justification for why I, I like Apex Legends is Apex Legends just feels good to play. Um, I think mm-hmm. Halo 5 is another great example of it. Like, first-person shooters aren't usually my style of game, but Halo 5 feels very good to play. Like, it's satisfying to play it. Um, I think uh, another good example is Rainbow Six Siege. Like, you know, I, I enjoy tactic tactics in games, but that wouldn't be my typical go-to style of game but I really like Rainbow Six Siege because it's it's got a great control system and, and, and the gameplay feels great um, so for, mo- for the most part for me it's just does it feel good to play and does it have obvious like end game walls and by that I mean um, can I continue playing the game and getting better at it and get better at it without necessarily having to dump thousands of hours or you know thousands of dollars um, a good counter example of that um, is Blade and Soul, the MMO. It's a Korean MMO that was big for like a few weeks in the U.S. Still pretty, still very big in in Korea, but it has a like an action style combat system. So it's very much like, you know, within tenth of a second ticks of time you utilize abilities and things like that and there's like blocking abilities attacking and there's a bunch of classes and it's very much combo based and all this stuff it's very it's a very good action like action rpg mmo and it's a fun game but pretty much the end game once you reach max level is exclusively pvp and not only is it exclusively pvp but it's exclusively pvp based around who has the best internet connection because if you have if you have higher ping you just lose fights because you literally can't counter it and stuff like that. And so it, it was interesting because it was an interesting game to play because I enjoyed playing through it, but it very quickly, you know, became apparent to me that like the end game for this kind of sucks. And and so I don't know, that's that's like my two biggest things I think for what I think a game is good is like does it have replayability and, you know, longevity in playing it and then, you know, outside of that while I'm playing it does it feel good? Like, do I find it satisfying to play? Um, which are very hard things to quantify. But hmm. yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, this is a, this is a tough question. Um, I I'm having trouble with it because I'm kind of having trouble with games in general at the moment. Like, I don't. I feel like I don't play games like I used to, and so I'm starting to like reevaluate what I look for when I do play them. Um, like, I feel like just a year or two ago, I would just play anything and everything, and I would try to finish it and um, do my best to get through it and critique it fully for all its story and elements and everything, and I'm just not there anymore. Uh, Like now, I just the other day I tried to play the Metro Exodus games, and they're good. Like it reminds me of Fallout, it reminds me of Halo, it reminds me of so many like Resident Evil, so many kind of cool, interesting games. Years of War, but I am just not interested in that at the moment. Like I don't, I just that that's not what I'm looking for in a game, and I don't, I don't know why that is. That's you know, that's my own thing that i'm trying to to discover so right now if i'm critiquing a game i want to play um it's definitely going to be like mechanics what are the mechanics of the game um what is it asking me to do right um like part of the reason i can't i i I trash on uncharted and and those kind of games because so much of the time, what it asks you to do is just move the movie forward, and that's not why I play play games, right? I, I play games to play games. I'm not trying to press A to see the beautiful scenery as you run up a cliff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, but but some people are, and of course we jest when we trash on games mostly. Do we? Um, well, I mean, no, no. Uncharted.
2: <laughs> Dead I, serious. Un, uncharted is
0: an uncharted round of of terrible terrible. Boom! Hard. Hot Boom. fire. Damn. Damn. <laughs> so I look for I look for mechanics. I look for what a game is asking me to do. I like Dark Souls because, like John said before, it asks you to like deal with failure. It's about you know learning learning the game and, and overcoming the challenge of it. And I'm not straight up looking for like an insane platformer because I want to feel a terrible challenge. I'm not trying to do that, but. Um, I definitely am looking for something different, right? Generally, I don't want. I'm not interested in a game that's rehashing old ideas, um, or is doing like the same thing repeatedly, unless it's really good, right? Like, uh, like Sekiro is fun because it it takes the Dark Souls formula to a new to a new level with its uh, like balance um format and it's a uh, deflection system so that was really interesting um so yeah and story is not that big to me anymore and i i know this is going to upset everyone including you guys <laughs> and i'm so sorry <laughs> but it's probably just Already me man. it's probably just me but i definitely don't enjoy game stories like i used to and maybe i'm <clears> just becoming an old fart but i remember uh, loving Bioshock and Dead Space, and even more recently, uh, like games like The Witcher and, and Dragon Age were cool. But I haven't played a game with a story in recent memory, other than Hellblade, that I can say that I like was really invested in the story. Like Fire Emblem, wh- for example. Why? Why is that? I don't know. I'm, I'm probably just getting old, <laughs> or like. <laughs> This ancient man yeah and but I also think it's because like my like my time gaming is not what it used to be right like when I was playing Bioshock when I was playing dead space I was in college I was single I was living with my buddies and we would just spend like hours and hours and hours all the time just gaming and I could really delve into that um but now I have a full-time job and all these kind of things, and so I don't have the time to to invest in a story like like I used to. And so when I when I do play, I'm like, all right, let's get to the let's get to the actual game. Like I'm not trying to
2: I'm not you don't trying want to beat all this fluff. Like you want you want hand to the controller, yeah. like doing stuff that matters, whether it's a multiplayer game or if it's like a horde mode. You know, yeah, you want to right into the action as quick as you can.
0: Right, I need to be. I need to be actually doing and like, um, whatchamacallit, Firewatch is an interesting thing for me because in Firewatch you don't do a lot. It's mostly story and people talking, but I love Firewatch. Um, and part of the reason is that while you're, like the way Firewatch is built, like it's all you know conversations between people and it's really pretty, the music, everything, the the feel of it's great, but when you're talking to people, you're you're always doing something. You're never just sitting in a room, reading the text, and pressing A to move the text forward. You're always walking through the woods, carrying something, moving something, climbing something. I mean, it's,
1: something. A, it's as simple as, like, pick up these books that you knocked over and things like that. Like, it's, yeah. it's tidying up the, the watchtower is, like, one of the first things you have to do while you're getting introduced to the story.
0: Yeah, but it but because it gives me something to do, I yeah. enjoy that, you know. But if it, like, I love the Knights of the Old Republic games, um, but I can't play a game like that anymore. You know, I, I can't sit and choose dialogue option A, B, and C for six minutes. I just I just can't. <laughs> I, I admire everyone that does, but I just can't do it anymore. So, those kind of personal things are are what I'm trying to avoid in a game.
1: Can um, I interest you in a classic JRPG?
0: I know that's so <laughs> long winded. Please, <laughs> please do.
1: No, I think that's a good answer. And I think it's, I think it, it makes a lot of sense to me because I, I, while I don't necessarily agree completely, like I can totally see how you get to that point with story and games where it's like, it almost just becomes a job. It's like, all right, I got to move from this conversation to this conversation. Like, when do I actually get to do something? I've definitely played games like that. And that's, it becomes dull,
2: I guess. Well, it's funny how, like, you you go on this, like, spectrum of game changes, right? Because, I mean, I was using myself, for example. Like, in 2017, um, it was all Halo Wars 2 for me. Uh, right as I'm getting back into gaming, trying just to climb the ladder and outplay my opponent and be good at an RTS, and then Destiny Two comes out, so I play a lot of that. That's very social game. And then one night, while my wife is shoe shopping, I walk over to a GameStop and there's a used copy of The Witcher Three, and I pick it up, and my mind is shattered. And it, for the next month, you know, year and a half, actually, all I'm playing is these narrative rich games yeah. like The Witcher, Mass Effect, uh, Assassin's Creed, Uncharted. Like I'm playing all of this stuff that is absolutely pick your dialogue option and go forward and then come i don't know like february march of this year i jump full tilt back into destiny and it's what i've been i've been playing a lot of that and then it's halo and i haven't played a narrative driven game because i i don't know i just haven't wanted to (laughs) my love for those haven't gone away but i just don't find myself drawn to them at the moment so i i I i feel like there's a spectrum that a lot of well Not a lot of gamers. Probably sections of gamers do. I mean, there's some people who can like just go hard in the paint, like in World of Warcraft for the last decade, and they're going to keep doing it for the next decade because that's just what how they're wired as a gamer. Um, I've never been one that's been that way, and I I, so, but I know I can I, I can get that. I think I think there's a spectrum that exists. I think the
1: like the perfect balance for me is like a Sekiro or a Dark Souls where there's lore and there's narrative. Mm -hmm. but there's also like excellent mechanics excellent Mm -hmm. gameplay like it feels like again it goes back to it feels good to play it feels fun things like that and but at the same time offering a i don't know i guess a broader experience of what you get to do (laughs) outside of just well okay so you I tried playing Dragon Age, right? I don't know if I think you guys remember. Like, I I, I, mm-hmm. I, wanted to give it a fair shake, and I just couldn't do it. Like, I... First of all, I, I got to the point where I basically screwed myself mechanically so that there was no way I could succeed where I was at, and I'd have to basically restart, and that sucked. But also, mm-hmm. it was just going conversation to conversation, it felt like. And the combat was very... It was, it was either overly complicated or too simplistic if you didn't know how to do the complicated version and and so i just kind of i just kind of got lost on it because I was like i don't really enjoy playing this from a mechanical standpoint and it's just so many conversations i wanted to go do something else so i get that um but there are there are those exceptions there are you know there's your there's your fire emblems where there's great mechanics mm-hmm. but there's also literally hun- like hundreds of hours of conversations if you do all three storylines yeah um, so it, it is kind of interesting. It there's a quality aspect and then there's just like basic things that I feel like need to be in a game for me to care about its existence.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And it, it's interesting for me to reflect on because, like I've been playing games my entire life, like as I'm sure y'all have. Um, and I feel like I, like I recognize the formulas, right. And that's maybe that's part of the problem. Like I know I know the setup. I I, not, I don't know every story. I that's impossible. But I know, like, what's going to happen when I go to that dialogue option and what it's going to mean. And I can usually figure out just from d- now decades, <laughs> 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 decades of experience playing these games. Um, and so when it comes down to it, I almost feel like a, like I hate to say this, but like I, like, like a movie buff or something where I'm like, like, Hey, let's just get to the, let's just get to the interesting stuff. You know, like, I don't need, I don't need you to tell me that this gold is going to save your family. And that's why you need me to go get it. Like, (laughs) let me, let me just get to the meat of this and, and let's, uh, let's level up this character and, and and get on with our day. Um, There's something terrible about that, which I recognize, but it's just kind of like, I don't think it's terrible. It's so
2: terrible you should feel bad.
1: (laughs) Well, that's also true. I don't think it's terrible because I think it's just simply like media or story fatigue. I think it goes beyond gaming because like you said, like you've been gaming all your life. You're also an avid reader, um, both books and comic books and, you know, graphic novels and stuff. You watch movies. You watch TV shows. Like we Mm -hmm. consume so much narrative all the time. It makes a lot of sense that we would get burned out on narrative because well, it, at some point it is it I, I mean that you can make the argument that culture builds on culture which is totally fair it's true like technically no story is original because it's, it takes part parts of past stories and incorporates them but at the same time like it's really hard to find unique stories and mm-hmm. I think I think that's true in tv shows and movies and I think it's even harder in games if you're trying to make a story-based game. I mean, obviously, you have a game like Fortnite. They don't give a shit about the lore. I mean, you don't play Fortnite for the lore. You play it because you like that kind of game. Right. But, you know, if you're if you're trying to come up with an RPG or something, that's going to be hard to make it feel unique considering, right. you know, I don't know how how
2: many RPG stories have been told over the years. Yeah. Um, well, Sorry. I, I want to let me double down for just a minute as like proof of concept about story fatigue, because I, I think you're totally right. Um, you know, because when I, when I would hear people say something like, oh, I, I just couldn't get into The Witcher 3 because it was so long or whatever. I, I just want to scream because I'm like, <laughs> you, you've got to be kidding me like that. That's one of the best told stories of this generation. But then I think about well, wait a minute, Cole. The only reason you you got the degree of satisfaction out of that game as you did is because you emotionally like invested yourself to paying attention to the deepest degrees of that game. And so then I was starved for more of that excellence, which is why I kind of went on my narrative game escapade. And then I think Lumix, like you say, you you get fatigued at some point. You you know the sponge can only hold so much water. To so within you might be kind of. Kind of over, not that you dislike those kind of games, but you just kind of get over it for a little while. Um, I, I like your point as well about how it's so hard to find um, uh, unique stories. And I think it's, it's kind of impossible these days, but I think some game developers do well and, and just continue to use the Witcher 3, even Mass Effect as an example. Neither of the stories they tell are really, quote unquote, that unique. But what makes the game unique is just the little tiny, pieces of uniqueness that they interject into the game um and those could be the tiniest little you know school thing or they could be something as large like a spoiler alert quest where you have to end up fighting a monster that is a result of a uh stillborn baby like that's super unique Mm-hmm. Um, and you and you remember stuff like that and, and, and that adds gravity but but to your point I think you're I think you hit the nail right on the head that story fatigue at any media, but definitely in games is so real. Well and I mean I think I think another part of it is is
1: the, the quality of the story. If you have a game like a I don't know I'm trying to think of a, a good bad example, but I usually just try to forget those. But if you have a game that sure. is a story, you, like a style of game okay sci-fi we'll say if you have a sci-fi game right a sci-fi shooter whatever uh, space marine style game um, those can be really freaking dull because they're super recycled they're always the same type of theme oh there's aliens we have to defend humanity shoot 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 we defended humanity boom okay whatever that's the most played out story in like the history of science fiction um, but Halo Combat Evolved was an absolutely spectacular game and that's all that is Like, you've talked about Fungus in the past. Like, if you look at the movie Alien and some other stuff, like, Halo, so much of Halo is ripped off. Like, which, I mean, tons of games are ripped off stories. But at the same time, it's spectacular. And it launched, like, you know, one of our collective, like, favorite sci-fi franchises. Mm -hmm. Now, I would argue even though it's not a unique story, it, it was very well done. And so I think that can too. So it is kind of, like, I I kind of alluded to before, it's sort of that quality versus likeness, like, I don't know, maybe it's the quality of something versus how unique it is or how well done it, or how well made it is. Like maybe it's more of a triangle rather than a, a single sliding scale, but I feel like you have, there's, there's a few parameters and, it can if it's leaning to you know really far towards any one, it can still be an entertaining game but it's definitely better when it's a balance like something something like a witcher which i know is based off of novels but it isn't it, you know it's a, it's a relatively loose adaptation of those novels right
2: so yeah 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 um i don't know no no i think i think that's a good point uh fung's cl- closing considerations on this i mean i think there's not really like a right or wrong answer here and you say what is a game good or is it bad that's totally subjective never has this kind of conversation ever got out of hand in like the internet of course not um <laughs> but, but, <laughs> debatable the point is is i don't know i just think this is interesting right because this is at the end of the day you, you sit down to play a game because there's some level of enjoyment you get out of it that will it's at some point hopefully cause you to say yes this game is good and here's my why i just think it's interesting conversation I mean, as far as closing thoughts on all of
0: that, uh, yeah, I think I think what y'all are saying is about uh, story fatigue. That's probably what's going on. And I'm sure lots of us feel that because there's so much media and distraction. Um, and maybe that's what it is that when I do, I'm like, okay, I've decided to spend my time doing this. Why am I, you know, not, not doing what I want, um, so <clears throat> there's good and bad for that, right? Like the the good is that it makes me more selective of what I want to do, and I can kind of narrow down the things I. The bad is that um, I might be missing some enrichment, or I might be missing some awesome game experience because of the overall fatigue that I have, uh, and that just I mean comes back to like i've done before like i've done the, the gaming clan um i might do something like that again sometime so i should probably just do like a media clan before long see what kind of house i build with all that free time <laughs> um but uh yeah i mean i think this was a this is a pretty good conversation it's tough to to think about what makes something good right in, in any any medium but especially gaming because it's interactive it's puzzles it's story it's uh multiplayer it's uh, you know it, it checks all the boxes for what you need to fill and so when you get a good game um like no game's perfect right no game is gonna be everything until ready player one happens um but when a game can really fill out a few boxes it's kind of like a great story but the mechanics aren't aren't much or the mechanics are really interesting but the story's not much you know or if it's two out of three or three out of four or whatever like that makes a good game when it can really exceed at something or maybe even just make me forget that I'm playing a game for a bit and just kind of reach some level of immersion when it makes me
1: that's when it's a good game and that's a bruce
0: springsteen quote the
1: ball i do remember his his tirade on gaming
2: oh he had a tirade on gaming i didn't know this i'm just kidding that was me i'm so sorry i was being sarcastic no 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 well see i'm showing my naivety i'm so sorry oh well folks hey that that That'll be a wrap. We've listened to episode 55 of the Fair and Balance Play podcast. Again, you can find us anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud. We would love to know from you what criteria to you makes a game either good or bad. What are you into? We would love to know that uh, and, and then know what games right now are you finding exquisitely good because of your own criteria. Please email us at play at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed the show, we would also humbly ask for for a rating. We'd even go as far as to ask for a five-star rating. Why do we ask for that? Because we would prefer that just helps our ratings overall, our relevancy. However, if you feel compelled to give us something less than a five-star, I would encourage you instead of doing that, email us and tell us why because we do want to improve and that will help us give a better product than um, than just not telling us at all so we would <laughs> that was a terrible terrible ending there um so we we appreciate great. that a lot I, I, i'm trying my best uh with that <laughs> said lumix let's kick it over to you for any closing thought you have and then a positive word all
1: right man um i think in, in terms of closing thoughts i think you know I, i'll just be repeating what i said earlier about like a game just has to feel good to me it's it's a hard thing to quantify but i think I think there's there's so many aspects of gaming, it's very, very hard to nail down, and it's always going to be opinion-based. So anytime someone says a game is objectively good or objectively bad, that's pretty much going to be a false statement because the only way you could determine that is did it sell well? And, I mean, monetization does not necessarily equal quality. Um, but that's okay, you know? Good and bad, like I said, everyone has it's different strokes for different folks. Um, and I think... I think it's good to have these conversations, though, and I think it's good to, like... It's as cheesy as it sounds. It's good to better understand what you enjoy, and the reason I say that is because, as someone who's put, like, 2,700 hours of my life into playing League of Legends, um, I don't actually enjoy playing League of Legends very much. Uh, Like, I love love the mechanics of the game. I think it's a very fun game in terms of... uh, Going back to what I said earlier, the way it feels... (laughs) But unfortunately, like, I don't usually have good experiences playing that game. And it's largely due to either the community or um, just, like, the fact that you get locked into a 20-minute long game, or 20 minutes at the shortest, a 30 to 40-minute long game, and, you know, you can usually tell by about 10 to 14 minutes who's going to win. So, I mean, that's one of those things where it's like when I really sit down and think about it, it's like, uh, this kind of blows, like, I don't really enjoy myself that much, but, you know, I'll still play it for the social aspect. And so, I mean, it's just an interesting thing to think about because I think, you know, when we do spend as much time as we do playing video games, it's good to know that, like, it's good to recognize whether you are or aren't satisfied in playing those games. So, sure. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. That's just a, uh, that's just an interesting, an interesting introspective exercise is, it goes back to kind of Cole, which you talk about with, you know, in both your stream and, and on the podcast, is like bringing joy. Like you want you want gaming to bring joy to yourself, and if you're just grinding mm-hmm. a game for the sake of grinding it and you don't actually enjoy it, then it's not a good game for you. So, yeah, completely. I think that's. I mean, I'll call that my positive word. I think that's. Uh, I think it's just a good thing to keep in mind. Um, you know, as you're gaming and you know playing, yeah, in this ecosystem of there being a billion games out there. Uh, it's definitely uh, an interesting exercise to to try. But um, yeah, that's that's all I got, unless you guys have any other closing thoughts.
2: No, I'll, I'll just affirm that to, to the core man because there was a while there where that, that was, yeah, I was playing games because I felt like some kind of silly obligation and I wasn't having any joy in it at all. And I'd say, I know I, I will double down with what you just said emphatically. Uh, gaming is first and foremost... A a a vehicle to, to recreation and to doing something you enjoy. And if you were not doing that, then I think it's a silly reason for whatever the reason is compelling you to play a game you're not enjoying to play it. You you should not do that at all. So I think very well said. I will I will stand on that hill with you certainly. All right. Well,
1: on that note, I think that I think that about does it. Um, I got two things to say. The first thing is. I don't remember how I worded it earlier, but molasses and raisins is not a pie. Also, It, it was
2: molasses, molasses and raisins. A
1: bucket of molasses and raisins does not a pie make. And <laughs> <That's> also, <it. laughs> get out there this week, play some good games, and we will talk to you all next week. Who dat?